Welcome to the Side of the Desk podcast, hosted by Fidelity Jobs and the Women's Leadership Group. We're here to have deep discussions on the authentic experience of being a working professional in today's ever-changing workforce. Welcome to Side of the Desk. I'm your host, Justin Martell. Um, Today, we're going to have a discussion with parents and caregivers um, of our Fidelity Special Interest Group called RAISE. We're going to talk about the challenges we faced as parents and what's been a crazy year in 2020, from the pandemic to changing the way we've had to work and our lives in general. Today, I'm joined by members Teresa, Stan, and Winnie, um, and I'll have our guests introduce themselves to our audience. So Teresa, would you like to go first? Sure. Thanks, Justin. Glad to be here. My name is Teresa, and I work at Fidelity in our community relations department. I am the mom of two little girls, Lily and Sadie, who are four and six, and um, also here as the global co-lead of the Ray Special Interest Group. And Winnie, how about you? Sure. Um, my name is Winnie Yan, and I am a HSA implementation uh, project manager, and I have two children, a 10-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. Glad to be here. Hi, uh, yeah, my name is Stan. I am also in uh, a group of, uh, part of the organization that deals with healthcare. I'm in our healthcare solutions thought leadership space, and I am a, a father of three. I have a 19-year-old daughter, 16-year-old daughter, and a 13-year-old son. So one in college, two on remote hybrid learning schedules, um, also an adoptive parent, and uh, I'm also providing care for my mother um, remotely, who is in her 80s at this point. So Teresa, I'd love it if you could tell our audience just a little bit about RAISE. What is RAISE? What does it stand for? What's its mission? So RAISE is our special interest group. So we are part of Fidelity's network of employee resource groups and special interest groups. And it's really a community of parents and caregivers across the spectrum, um, all the way from employees who might be thinking about starting a family to those like Stan who are caring for um, parents and everything in between and every combination. Um, So we are a very vast and large organization in terms of the people who are part of our community. We have about 3,000 members across the country and really there to create a point of connection and be a resource for each other and also um, really be the voice of the working parents and caregivers, especially this year as we um, share back what we're all experiencing, as you said, during this crazy year, like what, what we're experiencing and, and, and helping Fidelity support Fidelity uh, caregivers and, through unprecedented times for sure. Absolutely, and I'd love to just go around to each of you and just kind of hear what inspired you to join RAISE. Stan, why don't we start with you? What what influenced you to join the special interest group here at Fidelity? Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, that and Teresa did as well, that I, you know, I am a caregiver for my parents from afar. And I was really, you know, I, I live about 300 miles from home. I'm from Baltimore originally, uh, living up in Smithfield, Rhode Island now. And so, you know, I was going through that more than my own children. It was my situation with my parents. And there was a post actually that was made in our online chat room here. And uh, I offered the response sort of sharing the situation that I was in and I was dealing with caring for my parents. And the response I got from that post, uh, both in the chat room and even outside of that chat room, people reaching out to me to share their advice for 
how to deal with some of the challenges I was facing, you know, trying to be a, a caregiver from 300 miles away and help with some of the issues my parents were dealing with. It was, it kind of, it just caught me off guard. It was so genuine and uh, it was so candid. Folks were so willing to offer their support. And that's really what pulled me into the group was you know, more than the resources that were available in the chat room and on the website were the people resources that it was going to give me access to, to, you know, help me be a, a better caregiver for my parents. And Winnie, how about you? Tell us what inspired you to join Raise. So um, several years ago, um, as a parent with young kids, I, I had no prior experience at all. So I needed some parental tips from my colleagues. And um, I also thought that, you know, that the idea of sharing ideas and um, information can be beneficial for everyone. Um, so I, I really feel that raise the group, um, the collaboration spirit has been phenomenal. So that's why I join it and stay. And Teresa, we'll kick it back to you. I think like, both Stan and Winnie, it was about the people. And um, like Stan, I saw a post on our internal message board. Um, it was actually about a book that someone had posted about. And um, I had just returned to work after my second child. I had two girls under two. My job role had just changed. I had taken on some new responsibilities. And I thought, I have no idea how I'm going to survive this. <laughs> I don't know how people actually do this. Um, you know, two kids in diapers and a commute and, uh, you know, my husband works and it, it was very, very difficult to just um, figure out like how I was going to be a successful parent and, and employee at the same time and immediately found just as a com community that was so giving of their time and information. And as Stan said, I think just being really authentic and open, it was unlike interactions that you would normally have at work and once you get in you just <laughs> you just stay in and you bring others in as you as you learn people you meet people who might need a support network yeah I think I feel that some days you know as a parent and and being a young parent I feel like I'm on an island sometimes that I'm doing my job and I'm really busy and it's just nice to have that support knowing that there are other people who are in your shoes, because I think when we are in the day-to-day -day grind, it's so easy to forget that the people you're relying upon, the, the people that you're working with every day, they have kids too, or they have somebody that they're caring for, and it can really pull you in a million different directions. So having that support is so crucial to, to doing your day-to-day -day job and just feeling somewhat normal. Stan, I wanna go back to something you had said, just being a caregiver, you know, as we've talked about, raises not just for taking care of children, but, you know, for those who are aging as well. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, what raise does to support from a caregiving standpoint? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think raise does is it brings together people all around the topic of caring for aging loved ones in a way that doesn't typically happen uh, in the workplace. Uh, and we, uh, you know, when you're I think we see it's easy to, to share with someone, I think, face to face. Oh, you know, we, we just had a new baby or we, obviously I'm coming back to work. Uh, but it's not as natural for people to share their experiences caring for loved ones as those can sometimes just be, you know, you know, as you get older, your parents or other loved ones get older. It's just it's maybe not as rosy or sunny of a story. Right. So it, it, people just I found at least weren't as willing to sort of share those sort of things face to face. So you just don't always know 
as, as, as easily what people might be going through. So for me to get that response, it sort of told me that these, there are other people out there that are going through this. Like you said, like there's like to, to continue the metaphor you started, you know, there's, there were other people on the island with me. <laughs> so that was really comforting. Um, and we actually took the additional step, sort of creating like a subcommittee uh, for folks who are in a similar situation. So we've got a group that meets regularly to start to just discuss some of the different issues that we are going through and making sure that the needs of this particular group of caregivers don't get lost in the mix um, of everything else. Because again, I think people tend to hold these sort of issues closer to their vest. And I think the role that we can be doing raise is to help them feel more comfortable sharing them and getting the support they need to, to get through it. I'd love to go around and hear how COVID and this pandemic has impacted you as a parent. What's life been like at home during this time period? Teresa, why don't you kick us off? We're, I think we think we're all smiling here because how has it how how has it not impacted us? I think it's impacted us uh, in in ways we never expected, and and who knows even in the future, how we'll continue to be impacted by it. I think for me, it's been, it's definitely been a roller coaster. There are times I'm like, oh, it, I got to spend three months eating lunch with my kids every day. Like I never would have been doing that. As I said to, said to my husband a few weeks ago, I was like, the thing that we did pre-COVID was fight for our family time and, and protect that, right? Like we, that was our number one goal. And, you know, we've got lots of family time <laughs> in, since March. We have been in it together. And um, we have two preschool age children who are little human beings who don't understand what's happening. So I think for me, it's the mental weight of that parenting we can figure out the logistics of when to work and not work but it's the mental load of how do i explain this to them how do we explain we're not hugging grandma how do we explain we're not seeing friends without scaring them into never hugging someone again and so i think like stan said Ray's has so many different types of people who are experiencing things. Um, you can always find someone who can, you can talk through with that. I think on the work side, I'm going to go silver lining on this is it's been really, it's really opened up some great conversations with people. They're like really know each other really well. I mean, you're looking and you know, we're, we, we, we get to talk and see each other's families. My kids know my manager's cat, <laughs> you know, because we've had meetings with the cat because that's what we needed on that day. And I mean, we never would have done something like that. So just to know each other more personally, I think is, is such, a, such a benefit and something that, you know, I wouldn't want to redo this to get that, but I, I appreciate that we've had the chance to get to know each other better. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I agree with the, how it's opened up uh, a personal side of ours to, to one another. And I think it's, and it's been helpful just in general as we're all remote from one another to be able to bring that element into our meetings and to work a little bit, to have it be something that, um, to Fidelity's credit, they've encouraged us to do. To make those personal connections with your teammates so i like i honestly believe i know way more about my teammates and you know on an individual and personal level 
than I would have if we were still going into the office every day. There's no question in my mind. Um, and when, you know, when, for me, it's, it's been, it's been interesting from like a COVID parenting at home you know, situation. Cause I mean, I was something a little different than my, you know, my wife is now out of the home completely. She's in education. She, she runs an elementary school in our town. So, you know, whereas I used to be the one who would leave early and come home later. Now she's out early and I'm the one who's home all day. And so it's been an eye-opening experience for me to kind of be in that situation and and kind of be able to lean and look to other people within race to ask questions about, you know, if they're feeling the same things I'm feeling. You know, for me, there's lots of silver linings, uh, you know, and there's also some challenges. Like for me, it, it's a, I feel guilty sometimes. <laughs> but, and I, I think that's a common thread that some parents will say was, you know, you're you're working at home. Um, and, you know, my youngest, you know, I'm a little different than Teresa and I've got a middle schooler and a high schooler, so more self-sufficient. But, you know, my young, my son will come downstairs and, you know, want to go outside and have a catch. And if I know what's going on with work at the moment, maybe I can, maybe I can't. And if I can't, I just, you know, it's carrying that little bit of guilt with you that you can't be there because they're so close. Uh, I think that's gotten better over time. And again, a lot of it has to do with other people who you talk to who are going through the same stuff and they share how they may be managed through it. And it also has to do with your, you know, how managers of Fidelity have been pretty good about giving us the flexibility to say, yeah, sure. Take a few minutes to go do that, you know, and then come on back uh, into your regular flow. So um, I, I think the, the, comp both the company's experience and my own experience have evolved over this time. And Ray's uh, has been a great resource just to kind of keep connected to other people who are in the same situation. I heard somebody a few weeks ago described this as we went into this as a sprint and then we mm -hmm. all realized we were all of a sudden running a marathon and and that's or I also heard multiple marathons in a row <laughs> and that's sort of I think we all were like okay I could do this for 30 days I could do it for 60 days and then it was okay I really need to figure this out with my teammates with my manager with my husband with my kids of what is this going to look like if we're going to do this for the long term um, and, and who knows, <laughs> who knows how long it will be. It was very challenging at the beginning. Um, and as everyone talked about, you know, conference calls, having kids coming into your office, knocking on the door. I, at first, I was very, very nervous that, hey, what's going to happen if my clients or my manager or my colleagues will hear this, right? Um, it turns out they're pretty understanding. So um, that was very nice. And um, I still recall um, spring break in March uh, when the state government was talking about um, when to let the kids going back to school. And we were, like Teresa said, we were hopeful for a while. And then they said, hey, no, you guys are staying online. And and the next thing I knew, it was um, summer camp being canceled. And yeah, we, we really had to, um, you know, juggle a little bit and um, multitask a little, you know, a lot more actually um, to get through this. But now I think we get the hang of it. And I'm still hoping that um, we will get through this sooner than later. We're all with you, Winnie.
<laughs> Tell our audience more about just some of the resources that RAISE has made available for parents and caregivers during this time. What are some of the things that RAISE and Fidelity has done to, you know, get kids involved from, you know, dealing with some of the challenges they've faced this year and, and parents dealing with, with the burnout that's come along with this? I think you've all heard us talk about the community and, and so really um, using each other, leaning on each other, making sure that those of us who maybe weren't connected as much to our group know that know that we're here. Um, that's been a first. Um, I'll talk about two others, one focused on, on parents and, and then the others on, on the kids. So um, just this week, we brought in a, a child and family therapist to do an online uh, online Q and A, um, and we had 500 employees who used their lunch hour to to tune into that with amazing results. And and I think what we were hearing there is from her is you know <laughs> all of us were being really hard on ourselves. Um, we were, we had really high expectations. We were still trying to operate in quote unquote normal times, but in very unusual circumstances. And so I got so many messages on the side after that of just like, I just needed to hear someone say that I just needed to hear that it was okay to not be at a hundred percent all the time. I actually wrote a note in my notebook that said, we're all tired because you cannot keep this up forever. And, and I was like, yeah, so of course, of course, that's why we're tired. And it was just, it was just bringing in someone who had some credentials and information to say, that's okay to feel that way. Um, on a, on a lighter note, you know, Wendy said her, her, her kids summer camp was canceled. And I think early on Fidelity recognized that um, we wanted to support the parents, but also our associates families as well. So um, over the summer, we put together a uh, virtual summer camp for, for, um, for our children, for employees' children, and really just took what Fidelity already does really well. So we have series on art and we have fitness, and, you know, and those types of resources and turn them into kid-focused um, activities online. Um, my kids went to a, a virtual cooking class and you know, they learned how to make uniform brownies, which I've not yet actually let them make. <laughs> we, we watched the video, but I haven't quite, it involves some sort of cooking glitter that I wasn't quite committed to uh, purchasing yet. Um, but just, they talked about that as being their meeting. They're like, we have a meeting today. And they felt like they were experiencing what I experienced. Um, so that was really nice to be able to just include them in that world in, in that way. And I can talk a little bit about one of our other benefits, which is sort of, a, I guess you would call it a sort of a care coordination service that we, and we actually, it's just interesting. We, we had the benefit of raise sometimes in the organization of getting exposure to some of these benefits the company might be considering. So they had actually approached us pre-pandemic. Uh, I think Fidelity was considering using some of these services and we had the opportunity as raised to be a business support group in, in, as addition to like an employee resource group. Sometimes we were actually trying to you know, help the business out in their decision-making process. So it, 
<laughs> no one knew that COVID was around the corner at the time. Uh, and, but this particular benefit initially was conceived for those who were caring for elderly, elderly members in their home. Um, but once the pandemic you know, was upon us, they were able to expand the breadth of their services to really address the entire population of caregiving, which is great. And so as, as school was rounding, it was around the corner at the end of this past summer, you know, this extended summer, I think, as we certainly would have felt like an extended summer, I think for both, great for my kids, not so much for us, right? But, um, you know, we're like, all right, our son hasn't been in school in months. Uh, how's he going to deal with going back and dealing with the remote part again? And um, we were able to coordinate with that service to try and find some local resources that could help with things like tutoring and just some of the emotional support that he may need getting back into the classes. And so, it, you know, it, it was, it's a great benefit and uh, it's just awesome how the scope of it has expanded to kind of meet the moment. And I think a lot of other folks in the organization are taking advantage of it too. And um, also to add on to it, um, in the fourth quarter, we also have a work from home allowance, uh, which help us um, if we have um, some needs on additional equipment um, to, to set it up in our uh, home office um, that help really help us a little, uh, really help us out on that one. Um, and also there's subsidy on childcare and tutoring. So um, I was very excited about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we could probably go on forever on some of the great benefits that um, we have. We've and we've had great benefits for a long time. So this was just really even more so for all for all of our employees. But I think especially as working parents and caregivers, some really focused um, conversation and thought toward how we can best support support um, support each other. I think first and foremost for me, and I, I say this as someone who has a spouse who's working outside the home right now, he's in, an, he's in an office, is just being able to work from home and not have that piece of like the logistics of how would I manage if school shuts down, if I'm also expected to be in an office right now has been really helpful and, and, and reassuring. And we've done that since March and, and and at this point, doing that for the foreseeable future, um, you know, I get to put my kindergartner on the bus every day. I might not have been able to do that in quote unquote normal times. That would have been very logistically challenging to do that. And that was, you know, that, that means a lot. Um, I, I sort of call myself like a caregiving benefit junkie because I've tried them all out <laughs> this year because I'm trying to find my best support. Um, we've also had online mental health services where I did coaching and, and really that was about, yeah, I, I took an online assessment and it was around decision fatigue. Like I, I'm just tired of making all these really big decisions that I don't know what the right answers are. And so I could meet with someone, a professional like every week who could help talk me through that. Um, I think most importantly is just, it feels like leadership is listening and asking and responding and, and not leaving that conversation as a one and done. So in May, in, Mar in March, in July, in September, the continuous conversation of, okay, what are you experiencing now? What are you experiencing now? And, you know, there is no right answer in terms of what we need, but it's those multiple conversations that have helped. Um, 
And I, I've been, I, I, I've been really impressed with that too, Teresa, just the, um, con these continued attention to it. Right. It's like you say, I think not just a one-time ask and we'll check in with the end of the year to see how progress has been. I just think that they're, you know, the, they've been pretty good about wanting to keep a pulse on how we're doing as, as caregivers and, and what we need and uh, asking us for feedback from other areas of the organization um, and for the people who, you know, as the leaders of the organization to kind of reach out to our membership and just get a sense of how people are feeling and what their needs are. And they've, they've listened and they've, as you can tell from all these many benefits that we're sharing with, you know, they're putting things into action. So that's really encouraging. I know the raised membership in the organization feels it and appreciates it too. Teresa, I want to go back to one thing you said at the beginning, and that is, you know, talking to your children about this is this is why we cannot hug grandma. And I've seen children and, and kids of all ages so far during this pandemic be pretty resilient and really strong in terms of what they've had to deal with. And I guess two questions for this group is one, how have you talked to your kids about this? And two, how have they taken it? How have they dealt with it? And I think, you know, looking at you, Stan, where you have some children that are older than Teresa's, where they're probably more social and out more and dealing with the worry of having children who are older and who are out there more and, and can be at risk in that way. How, how do you, how have you dealt with, with those challenges as a group? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, we were literally this week, um, you know, dealing with that situation with, uh, with our middle daughter who, you know, is 16. I mean, she's, you know, friends are at that time where typically you'd be going to sweet 16 parties, you'd be hanging out. It's a, it's each year of high school has its own sort of special milestone. So that's certainly the thing that happens for 10th graders. And, uh, she's fairly quiet so we'll sometimes internalize what she's feeling but we could definitely tell it was sort of wearing on her and and the thing that stood out to me too i mean she's in a hybrid model so you might think well she's going to school three days a week or two days a week depending on which week it is and she's getting the contact she needs but the con you know it's not the same because you know the, at least in our situation the school essentially split in half right so you've got half the kids going on those days and that Half the, half the chance that you might be in class with a friend. So as my wife and I live, we used to, you know, like the joke, it's like all the, the things you really like about school, like going to see everybody, it's just, it's not the same and it's not there. And I think we are now starting to see the, you know, some of the cracks of, of what happens when that's been the case for a while now. And the challenge with that is at the same time, at least at the moment with the rates rising, uh, uh, the weights of, you know, the COVID rates rising, it's like, you know, while your instinct is to let them find more ways to engage, you know, to, you also want to be safe. So it's, it's just created some really tough situations and having to remind her uh, that this is temporary and, uh, you know, helping her kind of see the big picture. I mean, you know, because teenagers, you know, they, they, don't always see past the next few days, right? Or, you know, or, or if that long. And so that's, it's not always an easy conversation to have, um, but it's, it's one that's been important and hopefully one we have to have a lot less frequently in the month ahead. With my 
little ones, I say, I, I get the advantage that I get to co totally control what they know, <laughs> what they know and what they do. They don't have a life without me, right? Like they can't go anywhere on their own. They can't access information without me. So um, when this first started, I think I went in total protective mom mode where we didn't talk about the virus. We just talked about being healthy and, and, and staying home. And we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't have the news on when they were around because they are, they're like little sponges and they weren't able to really understand. Um, you know, they knew like all of a sudden we were all home and <laughs> life was definitely different and weird. Um, and then in July, they actually ended up going back to their preschool in their summer program. And it was really interesting because that was the first time they came home and I heard them say there were coronavirus. And I was like, oh no, they, our, our bubble has been broken. They know now. And um, not that I want to shelter them, but I didn't want them to like have to experience everything and, and try and understand things that they don't understand. I also, um, my kids are rule followers, so that's really nice. Like, you know, they're gonna, they wash their hands and they wear a mask and they haven't, they haven't asked, um, you know, they haven't pushed the envelope, but you know, ask me when they're 16, like Stan's, <laughs> like Stan's daughter, I might have a different, different, um, different stance on it. So for, for me, it was just about balancing, like how much do they need to know, um, you know, I, I also, like I said, I, I don't want them to never, I don't want them to be afraid of people, right? And think that you can't be around people. And, and I think um, they'll get there. It'll probably take a while. I see them even now, like when we, when we see someone, they, they like put on the brakes and, and don't get close. And that's, I think, because we've modeled that and we've practiced that. But I was like, well, at some point, they're going to be able to stand next to somebody closer than that. And how do I say, now it's okay? Yeah, my kids, they were in the middle between Stan's and Teresa's. So um, they knew about it um, at the beginning. And they were wondering why they couldn't go back to school after spring break. Um, and yeah, with the illness and the death, that's what they worry about. And they also miss their friends a lot. Um, so what I did was I tried to um, get together with, uh, you know, um, text other moms of my kids' friends and try to arrange um, um, online meetings with the kids. So during the summer, um, my son will have um, game playing session with his friends. And then uh, my daughter will have um, a group meeting with her girlfriends. So um, I'm hoping, I was hoping that um, this will alleviate some of their um, anxiety um, as having no contact, no human contact with anyone outside our home. So um, that was working. And um, I hope that it, we don't need to do that anymore in the near future, but we'll see. We, we tried that Winnie early on with my, um, she was five at the time and um, we got on, they did a Zoom preschool get together. And I will tell you, you put on 25 five-year-olds on Zoom and, you know, nobody knows how to mute. And, um, 
I thought, oh my goodness, I hope that this is not the future of, of how we're spending every week. Um, and I, I think the, for my daughter, like she was just overwhelmed by the amount of like noise and people. And it was very, you know, we know how to navigate a video screen, but it's very hard for a, a, young, a young child to, to know what that interaction means. That's true, but it, it's also interesting to eavesdrop what they're saying. It, it's very funny conversation. <laughs> you probably learn a lot. <laughs> That's right. I would say this is, I don't know if this is too generic, but, um, you know, don't be afraid to make yourself vulnerable. Um, you know, embrace the vulnerability, which I think... <laughs> I don't know. I just had a really interesting thought that that could be a fun tagline for us to raise. But <laughs> I think there's a lot of goodness in that and in, in just being, it's okay to open up and let others know that you might be having a hard time with something. Um, you know, I, something I struggled with earlier, but, you know, going through what I went through with my parents, rage just made it easier. And, um, and I think that's something that we could certainly encourage across all of our group is to just, you know, lean into that vulnerability because there are people out there who are going through what you're going through, even though you might not think uh, they are. And that will mean they're not going to judge you like you think you might be judged. All those reasons you're holding back. Um, I think you'd be surprised to find out how willing people are to kind of reach out and lend a hand. And I think as we wrap up, one, one thing I'd love to hear everybody share, and this can just be in general as a working parent, what's a piece of advice you would share with another parent who may be struggling right now or dealing with burnout, dealing with that stress, dealing with you know, just juggling so much in their lives right now? What's a piece of advice you would share? Maybe something that's helped you that could help somebody going through, through this like, like we all have. I agree because um, I'm thinking, um, keep in mind that you are not alone. Um, so by talking to other people, um, you'll find out that a lot of other people are experiencing similar kind of things that you are right now. So, um, and then another thing really is um, take some time for yourself. Um, because you're the caregiver. And if you're down, who's going to take care of your, your kids or your loved ones? So uh, self-care is very important. So I think what my two responses would be, or pieces of advice would be, one I'm, one I'm good at and one I'm terrible at. Uh, and like Wendy and Stan said, the first is find your people. There's always someone who's going through the same thing or can relate to you. And just knowing that someone else is, is experiencing that is so helpful. Um, the second one I'm horrible at, and so I'm sharing that just to keep myself accountable partially, is to go with the flow and not not have expectations of it's going to be a perfect year or you're going to do everything that you planned you could do and um, just ride the roller coaster that that is this year and beyond and, and enjoy it. Self-encouragement is good and I think you kind of have to embrace the chaos that this year has given us. One of the biggest things that I try to remind myself is just focus on, you know, some of the good things that this year has brought us as parents with our kids. I think about having a two-year-old and all that I would have missed had I been in the office five days a week, all the great things that I got to experience and to see her, you know, really grow so much in this past year. Those are things that 
I would have had very limited time to do only when I'd get home after work or before I'd leave for the office. So focusing on those things does try to help me stay a little bit more positive. I want to thank you all for joining us today on Side of the Desk. Teresa, Stan, Winnie, thank you so much for your time. And to all the working parents and caregivers out there, we wish you good luck and, and to really hang in there this year. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to this Side of the Desk episode. And thank you to our recording studio and editors who make our episodes possible. For more information about working at Fidelity, check out fidelitycareers.com.